My name is Alex Rosa. I'm one of our pastors here at New Life. And before we do anything, I just wanted to welcome you to service with us today. If this is your first time here. I just want to let you know that we're so thankful that you decided to, to join us today. We've been praying and planning for your arrival. No matter how many times you've been here, whether it's one or it's a hundred, thank you so much for investing your time here with us and in the family of believers here at New Life. Before we get into the message, I just want to highlight something that happened last night. Last night, we got to license Sam Fonestock as our discipleship pastor. And we have a picture, just wanted to, to show you of uh, the proceedings. So uh, Pastor Sam officially uh, became our discipleship pastor. He's going to be overseeing ministries such as our membership class and small groups and, and even helping with our assimilation process and, and men's ministry and other stuff like that. So um, he will be here at Pacers with the Pastors if you're staying after, and I'd encourage you too, if you are new to the church, you have a friend here that's new to the church, bring them with you. We're going to eat some pastries and chat for a little bit, and that's a way that you can meet Pastor Sam, as well as all the other pastors too. Right now, we are in the middle of a series called Passing the Baton. So far in this series, we've been looking at three specific things. The first thing is the passing of the leadership baton from our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Chris Marshall, to myself in January of 2024, specifically January 28th, 2024, but who's counting? And we're also looking at what the Bible has to say about godly transfers of leadership. Even more detailed than that, we're just looking at what God's Word has to say regarding leadership and how that applies to all of our lives. And the third thing is we are looking at how we all, and Pastor Barry spoke about this last week, we all have a role to play, not only in the passing of this baton in, in new life, but also in the kingdom of heaven, in God's kingdom. And that's where we're going to lean into today. We're going to talk about the roles that you and I have, that each of us has in God's kingdom. And we can look at that more clearly through our take-home point, which says this, God desires to use all of us for his kingdom purpose. God wants to use you and me for his good plans. And I know it's easy to discredit ourselves and say, well, not me, surely not me. Maybe someone else, maybe someone has more of it together than I do, but not me. And I understand that because I've felt the same things. I've thought the same things. But when we think like that, we're wrong. We're not fully understanding who God is and who he's created us to be. The Apostle Paul, who was this guy who at one point was persecuting the Christian church and then met Jesus and then began to tell everyone how good it is to come to know Jesus, once clarified who God is and who we are to the church in Ephesus. He said it this way, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. This is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. There's a lot of comfort in those verses. God has given us the gift of his salvation. It doesn't come to us by our striving or all the good things that we might do. It's not like we hit a checklist and we get everything perfect and then he gives us this gift of salvation, of knowing him, of coming into relationship with him. This is a free gift that Jesus has given us. It costs him his life, but he freely gives it to us because of his grace and mercy. And when we receive that gift, we can live into the purpose that God has created us to live in. And God has given us good plans. He's made us his masterpiece. We see that at the very beginning of God's word. 
In Genesis, the creation account has six days of creation. The sixth day is human beings, Adam and then Eve. Adam, or Adam in Hebrew, is the word for humanity. God created humanity, all of us, Adam and us, in God's own image. We were created to bear his image, and we were created to join God in his plans on this earth. From the very beginning of time, God orchestrated all of this so that we would partner with God in rolling this planet. Recently, I was reading through the, the Jesus Storybook Bible, or one of them with uh, my boys, and Ezra, our oldest, went, uh, was asking a question, very good question. He said, why did Adam name the animals? Like, why did God have Adam name the animals? I mean, God, of course, named Adam, but why was that Adam's role? And the answer is because God wanted to partner with Adam in rolling this world, just like he wants to partner with you and I. And so when it, Paul says to the church in Ephesus that he has good plans for us, he does. He has good plans to partner with us as his masterpiece, the pinnacle of his creation, to work his good and pleasing and perfect will on this planet, to draw people to him as Lord and Savior. And he can and he wants to use each of us. So we can take comfort in that. And those verses have been comfort to me over these last couple years as we've been in this process of passing the baton. As I sat down to, to write this message, I, I realized that some of us know each other very well. Some of us have known each other for almost a decade. I, it'll be a decade this coming February that I've been at New Life. And some of us are just now getting to know each other. And we have years ahead of us to, to get to know each other better. But no matter if, if we've known each other a long time or not, I wanted to invest a little bit of time to share with you what God has done my life, in my life to lead me to this point of becoming our next lead pastor. In 2008, I graduated from Geneva College with a bachelor's degree in student ministry. And in 2009, I got my first job in ministry at a small Presbyterian church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. And I was hired as their student director. And I got to work with the student ministry and the children's ministry. And I got to speak on stage and lead worship and, and do hospital visits and, and all the stuff that the pastor didn't really want to do. And I also, it's just kind of true. And also I got to every year for our Christmas Eve service, because it was a family service, they got me a nice costume and dressed me up as something and had me give uh, the Christmas message through the eyes of a different character from the biblical story. So my first and my last year, oddly enough, maybe they're making fun of me, I was a donkey. Um, and so I, if you've ever watched the star, I really believe that that was inspiration just for my performance. I, they took it and they made it. And, and I got to share about Jesus and hee-haw my way through that. And, 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 as, and it was stellar hee-haw. And, and, uh, and then I was a sheep and then I got to be an angel, which I, so I think that was when the respect was the, at the highest. And then it was a donkey again. And, uh, and then I I left. Um, and I'm thankful for my time there. Um, I'm thankful because I look back with fondness of the fact that God helped me learn how to serve. How to serve, and if you're going to be a leader, you must be a servant. Jesus taught us that. It also helped me learn different skills that I would be using for years after that and still am using today. I'm also thankful that in 2014, God called me to work here at New Life. In 2013, I met Pastor Chris, our founding pastor. We had lunch together and 
we hit it off immediately. Well, at least from my perspective. I don't know. I haven't asked him. But I think it was, it was like love at first sight. And we, we hit it off, and I was completely on board with the mission and values of New Life. I loved the fact that Pastor Chris was unashamedly all about Jesus and the Word of God, that everything we do here is founded upon the Bible. I also loved his passion and New Life's passion for seeking the lost. I still remember when I was in high school and I didn't know Jesus. I felt very lost, and then I came to know him, and Jesus transformed my life. And so I want to spend or invest the rest of my life in finding people far from God, bringing them home to Jesus, and helping them to grow up to be like him. And Pastor Chris had that same calling on his life, and he said that's what new life is all about. And so in 2014, I was called to to work in our student ministry. I was hired as our assistant uh, student director, and I got to work with Pastor Mark Lutz, who was our uh, pastor of student ministry at the time, and now he's leading his own church, Lux Digital Church, and for a couple years, I got to, to hang out with one of my best friends from growing up. Mark and I have known each other for a very long time, and I've got to tell you, those first couple years were just some of the most fun years ever in ministry, and I love student ministry, and I loved my time with the student ministry. I actually thought for a long time that that was God's plan for me forever, that it was only student ministry. However, in 2017, I started to feel this tug on my heart where God was pulling me to something new. I couldn't even phrase it that way back then. I tried to describe it to people, but I didn't really understand. I just knew that there was an unsettled feeling in my heart that God was preparing me for something that I wasn't sure what it was. And so day after day, I went to God and said, God, reveal this to me. What are you calling me to? Is it a different job? Is it a different place? What are you trying to tell me? Day after day, month after month, I asked, God, what is happening in my heart? Where are you pulling me to? And then finally, after months of praying and asking God, I heard him. I heard his response. And I don't say that lightly. I wish I could say I hear him every single day. And I know someday in heaven, we'll all hear him very clearly every single moment. But on this earth, sometimes it's, it's difficult. And I heard him in that moment. Very clearly, he said, you'll be the lead pastor of New Life someday. And I was taken aback. I had no idea that there would be a day where, I mean, I guess I could assume there would be a day where Pastor Chris would be retiring. But it, it was never a conversation. And so it wasn't even on my mind. I used to scoff at Moses, who in the history of God's people is one of the greatest leaders of Israel, God's nation. God one time called Moses by talking to him through a burning bush. And he said, Moses, go and free my people from slavery. And Moses disagreed with God. He looked at God and was like, are you sure? Are you sure you have the right person? And I used to kind of make fun of Moses for that. Come on, the God of the universe spoke to you. How could you not respond by being like, yep, whatever you have to say. I don't say that anymore because I had a similar response that Moses did. I said, are you sure, God? As if he didn't know who he was talking to and he didn't know his plans going up. And so God responded by saying, yes, and I will show you in my own power. So don't speak about this until someone comes and talks to you about this position. And at first, I kind of felt a little panicked because I like to talk. And so I thought, well, okay, I could go and talk to people about this and figure it out. But God said, no, I simply want you to watch. And I looked back at that time, and I had a misunderstanding of God at that moment. I thought, okay, God's only going to call us when we have everything together. And I knew I was flawed, and, and I, I just wasn't always hitting the mark. I don't look like Jesus Yet, and someday God will completely make us perfect, but I knew at that moment that I was far from that. But as we look at God's word, he doesn't generally call heroes to do his work. He calls ordinary people 
and then uses them for his extraordinary purpose. Over and over in God's word, we see normal people with their flaws be used by God. And that's why we started today's message by saying that each of us can be used by God for his kingdom purpose. It's true. God wants to use all of us. And so with that in mind, I started to, to watch to see what God would do. And there was a lot of puzzle pieces that came into, into being. Actually, uh, Chuck, one of our uh, elders here, he was here at the beginning of the church, reminded me right after last service that he came up to me one point, And after my first message in 2016, I believe it was, he said that God spoke to him and said that I would be the next lead pastor. He didn't tell me that until we announced this. Um, but I remember thinking, oh my gosh, another puzzle piece that came into, into to, to being that I wasn't aware of. The first one that I noticed and I kind of fought against in the moment was when Pastor Chris came up to me and urged me uh, to, to go for my master's degree, to get my master's of divinity, um, to prepare me for ministry. At the time, our oldest was six months old. I said, I don't really... I don't think it's the best time to go uh, for a master's, but Pastor Chris urged me in the way that someone demands you when they do it nicely. And I, 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 so I, I left the conversation saying yes. And I, I got my master's and I looked back and it was challenging, but it was fantastic. I learned a lot that I've applied already and a lot that I will continue to apply. And then whenever we made it form, formalized that I was going to be the lead pastor, one of the things that is in our bylaws is that I would need to have my master's degree in order to be ordained, in order to take on this role. And so it was already in place when this happened, which was miraculous. It was God working on his plan as he does. Another one that came into to, to place and it made, it made me understand God's plan a little bit more clearly was in 2019 when Pastor Chris told our team that he had heard from God that he would be retiring in 2024. And I started thinking about it. Wait, he said that he heard about it in 2018. Now, Pastor Chris journals that, so he wrote down the date. I wish I would have, but I would bet any money that when I heard, or again, it was the end of 2017 or the beginning of 2018, that it was around that same exact time that God spoke to me, because that's how God works. And then in 2020, I was in the, I hadn't said anything at this point about what God had told me. I hadn't told a single soul, not my wife, not anyone. God said, don't say anything. So I was not saying anything. In 2020, I was in the back of a car. Pastor Barry was driving. Chris was in the shotgun seat. And uh, Chris looked back and asked if I would like to be considered for the role of lead pastor. And it was one of those moments where it was like, yeah, I, well, I took a deep breath to make it sound like not so zealous. Like you don't want to be like, oh, of course. And you're like, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, but I took a deep breath and uh, played it cool. And, uh, and then I got to share what, what God had told me. And then the process continued to ramp up until 2021, the external board made the decision that I would be our next lead pastor. And I got to tell you, looking back, and it's obvious what God was doing. In the moment, it's not as clear. We don't have that perfect picture yet until the puzzle comes together, but God already knows he has the box cover. He knows what the puzzle needs to look like, and so we got to trust him during that time that he's going to put it together. He's going to help us. He's going to partner with us as it comes into place. In 2021, when we made that decision, I was so excited, but I was also nervous. I knew that it was a big job that God was calling me 
too. Pastor Chris has done this job as lead pastor incredibly well for over 20 years, and he's been a uh, pastor for over 40, so I knew I had a lot to learn. So I was a little nervous, but I knew that God would prepare me, because that's what he does. When he calls us, he gets us ready. God's word is clear about that. Henry Blackaby once wrote about it in his book, Experiencing God. And in that book, he talks about this preparation process. He says, once God has given you a sense of the direction he is leading, and you have said, yes, give him all the time he wants to develop you into the kind of person he can trust with the assignment. Don't assume the moment God calls, you are ready for the role. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God does prepare us for the role that is ahead. I'm also thankful for Pastor Chris during that process. At no point was ever he ever said something like, well, you're going to have to do exactly what I do. Actually, he told me from the get-go, he said, when people ask you if you can fill my shoes, tell them, no, you're going to bring your own. And because he wanted me to, to be who God's created me to be. And he knew that God was going to get me ready for the role he has planned because he knows what we need better than we do. He understands the gifts and abilities we need when he calls us to something because he knows where we're supposed to be headed. And so he gets us ready. But that preparation process, as Henry Blackaby talks about, isn't always easy and it's not always fun. It's kind of like if you were coaching football and you wanted your players to, to be good during the game. You want them to be able to take a hit and continue going. What would you do? Well, you'd have them practice and get hit sometimes during practice so that when the game happens, they'll be prepared. Well, God does the same thing with us. There's times where we go through very challenging things, and he does it. He allows it to happen, rather, so that we can be ready for the time when he calls on us to do the plans, the good plans that he has for us, his masterpiece. Paul says it this way to the church in Rome. He said, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. What a mentality. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. There will be trouble, but we can take heart. Jesus has overcome the world, and we can also have confidence the Holy Spirit will not leave us alone, and he will work with us during this process. There's this great book called Release of the Spirit. It's written by Watchman Nee, who was a Chinese pastor, and he's now with the Lord. And in his book, he talks about this preparation process, and he calls it the breaking process. He says that what God must do in all of our lives in order for us to join him and his good plans for this world is God must break our outer man so that our inner man can come through. When he says the outer man, what he's talking about is our soul our mind and our emotion and wills. When he says the inner man, what he's talking about is the spirit that God puts in us whenever we trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And why does God need to break our mind, emotion, and our wills? Because for most of our lives, all of our decisions and our movement and our actions have been governed by our mind, emotions, and our wills. What we think, what we feel, what we want. Those things have led us and guided us, and God wants to lead us and guide us. He knows the good plans for us. He has all of it in his mind. He knows the future. So he wants to get ourselves out of the way so that he can work 
through us. And so that people can see Jesus in our lives. So there's this breaking process that needs to happen for the old self to get out of the way so we can be prepared to do what God wants us to do. And as we go through God's word, we see this process over and over. Even two weeks ago, Pastor Chris was talking about Elijah and how Elijah passed the baton to Elisha whenever God called Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. Before that happened, Elijah was on a mountain. And he was on this mountain and he was with these prophets of this fake God called Baal. And and at this time, they both had altars and Elijah said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're both going to ask our God to send down fire from heaven and who is Whoever's God burns up what's on this altar is going to prove that they're God. And so Elijah was so confident in our God that he poured water on his altar and he watched as the prophets of Baal could not call down fire, that nothing was happening. And then, and then Elijah said, all right, God, please send fire down. And God did. And there was this incredible victory over these prophets of Baal. But directly after that, the queen of the time, Queen Jezebel, sent people to go and kill Elijah. So he ran, fearful for his life. This was a man that just saw God send fire from heaven, but he was terrified, so he ran away. And in the book of 1 Kings, it tells us what happened next. It says, then he, meaning Elijah, went on alone into the wilderness. Anytime you hear wilderness in God's word, there's generally a time of testing and trial. Traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Elijah was going through this breaking process. He's a man that just saw a miracle happen, and he went, God, just kill me. I don't want to have to deal with Jezebel hunting me down or sending people after me. Just kill me now. And God didn't answer that request. He didn't kill Elijah. And what a wonderful God we have that doesn't always answer our prayers because he knows which ones that we don't want answered uh, truthfully. And so God doesn't answer that, but instead he comforts Elijah. At first he tells him to go eat a snack and take a nap, which is just good advice for all of us. Works for a five-year-old, works for me as well. Sometimes we just need to take a nap, eat a snack, and we'll be okay. And then God says, now go to this mountain and wait for me. And Elijah did. And God spoke to him. God was preparing him. He broke his outer man. He was preparing him for what was next. And then as we read in God's word, Elijah got to partner with God as miraculous works on this earth. The spirit of God worked through him. And eventually he passed the baton to Elisha. And then he was called up to heaven in the whirlwind. It took a breaking process. And then God used him in mighty ways. And this is the process that is going to happen to all of us once we accept this calling by God to use each of us for his purpose. Watchman Nee says it this way. He said, the Holy Spirit has not ceased working. He makes sure one event after another And one difficulty after another come to us. Disciplinary workings of the Holy Spirit have but one purpose, to break our outer man so that our inward man may come through. We saw this with Joseph as well. Last week, Pastor Barry did a great job of telling us about Joseph who ended up as second in command of Egypt, but he didn't start that way. He started as a spoiled brat, so much so that his brothers wanted to kill him, and his brothers eventually sold him into slavery. Then in slavery, he was wrongly accused and thrown into prison, but God was using that as a preparation time, as a breaking time, and eventually rose 
Joseph up to that position of second in command of Egypt. And then we see the fruit of that breaking process at the end of Joseph's story, after the account of his life. You see, his brothers eventually reunited with Joseph, and they feared retribution. I mean, their brother had all this authority and power now, so they thought they did something evil to him, he was going to do something evil to them. But that wasn't what was in the cards because Joseph had been broken and the Spirit of God was working through him. We see it so much whenever Joseph responds to his brothers. In Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Joseph, he saw his hardships as Opportunities that God was using to help Joseph grow as that breaking process. He knew that God was still at work and God was able to help Joseph partner with his plans because of that process. We'd benefit from having the same mindset. That when we look at the breaking process, we can understand that things will be challenging, but God can use them for his kingdom and his glory. If you're going through something right now or you just came out of something, let us have the same mindset that Joseph had. Let us look for how God is working amidst the troubles that we face. Because God does want to use us, each of us, for his purpose. And to join God in his work, we need our old selves out of the way so his spirit can shine through so people can see him and us. And this is precisely what happened when Jesus was preparing to pass the baton of leadership of the church to his disciples. Jesus didn't go through a breaking process. He didn't really uh, need one. Uh, there was a point where he was taken to the wilderness, which again in God's word always meant a time of trial and temptation. And during that time, Satan tempted Jesus, but he was standing that because he's the son of God, he's perfect, and he didn't need it. But his disciples did need that breaking process. He called these 12 men and he knew that he was going to pass on this baton of leadership because he wouldn't always be in the flesh with us, that someday he would be with his father in heaven. So he wanted to prepare the disciples to do the work of the church. And thankfully, Jesus knew that he had some time with them so he could prepare them. I'm so thankful that Pastor Chris was given wisdom by God that it would be years later after he heard from God that he would be retiring so that he could invest in us staff and prepare us for the next chapter of this church. And Jesus did that with his disciples to get them ready. And there was one time where Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he asked them, who do you think I am? And one of them spoke up. His name is Simon, but he's called Peter, and we're going to focus on his breaking process today. And Simon, Peter, responded to Jesus by saying, you are the Messiah, the Savior of the world. You are the Son of God, which was a huge claim in the Jewish culture. Saying that someone is the Son of God put that person on the same level as God, because in the Jewish culture, the sons got what the Father had. And so if you're saying someone's the Son of God, you're saying he's one with God. And so he's making this claim, Jesus, that's who you are. And Jesus responded this way in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. What a tremendous call in the life of Peter. This man who was an ordinary man, but called by God to be the foundation upon which the church would start. I mean, Jesus is the foundation, but Peter is the rock. 
Unfortunately for Peter, maybe fortunately because he got ready, the breaking process started immediately after this. Jesus, after saying, who do you think I am, said that one day he would be killed to help further the plan that God has. And Peter didn't like this. He said, no way, that's never gonna happen to you. And that, this time, was the wrong answer. This is how Jesus responded to Peter again, very briefly after he called him the rock on which the church would be built. He said, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Peter's breaking had commenced, and it continued all throughout Jesus' ministry. If you go through the Gospels, you'll be able to see that through line of Jesus preparing Peter as he fell sometimes and put his foot in his mouth, and it all came to a point when Jesus was arrested and wrongfully sentenced to death and beaten and mocked. And during that time, Peter the one who Jesus said, you will get this baton of leadership and, and the church will be built on you. You will be the rock. Peter denied Jesus three times. There was people that came to him and said, hey, do you know that guy? And three times Peter said, no, no, I don't follow him. This guy who was called by God was going through this process. Thankfully, Jesus did not abandon the disciples or Peter. After Jesus died and rose again from the dead, he would return and talk to Peter. And in a time where he was reinstalling Peter into this ministry, he asked him three times in a row, do you love me? And you could just imagine how difficult that had to be for Peter, because Peter knew that Jesus was aware of what had happened with the denial. But three times, Peter responded, I too love you. And after that, Jesus told his disciples that soon the Holy Spirit would come upon their lives and would use them in a mighty way to further God's movement throughout the ends of the earth. Peter, his old self had been completely broken and he was ready for the Holy Spirit to move. And so Jesus ascended to heaven and then a few weeks later, the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples. It filled them up in a powerful way and then they shared with the people around who Jesus is. And this is what happened after Peter, he preached a message, and this is what happened at the tail end of that message. Peter's word pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and did the work that God had planned for him. Peter is one of God's masterpieces. Peter is also an ordinary guy that God used for an extraordinary purpose. And same is true for Joseph and same is true for Elijah and same is true with us. That God wants to use us for his mighty plans and he will once we give our lives over to him. But we have to understand that during this preparation process to do God's work, there will be a breaking process. I got to experience this almost immediately in 2021. I was so excited. I was a little nervous. And then right after that, God started to break things out of my life. 
God looked at my life and, and knew that there was some anxiety, some insecurities that he needed to remove. And I'm not going to go through everything that happened the last two years, but I got to let you know that I'm still in this breaking process, that even this last week, I sat down with Pastor Chris and Pastor Barry, and I said, hey, God's been revealing this to me through this process, that he's taking this part of me that was me out of the way so that he can shine more clearly. But let me just tell you one thing that happened almost immediately after the decision was made. I had these close friends in my life, these close friends who I, I relied on. They were my handholds. They were my safety nets. They were who I went to during times of insecurity, times of anxiety, times where I just needed some comfort from someone. And a couple of them walked away, not only just from relationship with me, but from the faith and Jesus. And it was a crushing blow. At that time, I was asking God, God, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this to happen during this time when I need them? And during that time, I went to God more, more than I ever have before, on my knees, praying to God, asking him for his guidance, for his help. And as my friends who had departed, not just from me, but from God, started to ask these questions about God and say why they were leaving him, I started to go to God and say, please reveal them, the answers to me. So I got to read more of God's word and learn more about his truth so that I could not just share it with them, but share it with you and share it with other people who I talk to. And during that time, my relationship with God grew stronger. My faith grew stronger. And not only that, but during that time, as God was removing handholds and safety nets that were not him, he also grew my relationship with Rachel, my wife, as someone that I would rely on more. And I look back now and I go, God was getting me ready. And I didn't really understand what was happening, but he was preparing me so that I would trust and know him more and more. And so I'm thankful for that time. I'm also thankful that Pastor Chris and Pastor Barry and Pastor Kristen were there during that time to give me wisdom and comfort and help me out when I came in some days and I was struggling. And I'm thankful that God is good because Back whenever this decision was made in November 2021, I'll be very honest with you, people would ask me, are you ready to take the baton right now? And I would say, I will be, which was my way of saying I'm ready to become ready, uh, but I'm just not there yet because I knew that God would prepare because when he calls us, he prepares us. And now I can look and say, I'm ready because I know what God has done and what he continues to do and what he will do. Because I know that I don't know all the answers now. I don't have all the skills that he wants to bring into my life, but I do know that he knows what I need when I need him. And so as long as I give my life to Jesus, he's gonna continue this process of allowing him to shine through and he'll do that for you as well. When he calls you, and he wants to call you to partner with him, that's how he created human beings, to partner with him on this earth for his kingdom purposes. And when he calls you, whether it's to reach your neighbors or your siblings or those at your workplace, or it's to work in ministry, or it's to serve in a ministry here, or if it's to go overseas and work somewhere as a missionary, whatever God is calling you and wants to call you to do, he will prepare you. But what we must do is give up control so that our mind, our emotions, and our will are no longer governing our steps, but instead he is, that he's leading and guiding and directing us. And to help us with that process, Watchman Nee gave a prayer that we can say whenever we want to give our lives over to Jesus for this preparation-breaking process to begin so he will use us in powerful ways. He said this in the prayer, Lord, for the future of the church, for the future of the gospel, for thy way, and also for my own life, I offer myself without condition, without reservation into your hands. Lord, I delight to offer myself unto you, and I'm willing to let you have your way through me. 
It's my prayer for my life and my prayer for yours as well, that God would rid us of everything that is not of him. The sinful stuff, the addictions, but also just the stuff that's in the way of us doing the work that he has for us. Let us give that control over. Let us live with him and let us see him work as he wants to work in our lives, as he wants us to partner with him and what he's already doing in the world around us. And we could do that through today's next step, which is I will offer my life without condition or reservation into God's hands each day. And when we do that, let us know that there will be a breaking process, but there will also be much glory, that God will move and he'll do powerful things. And we'll get to see him on this earth do amazing things. I know it can be easy to start thinking, well, I don't want to go through a breaking process. That doesn't seem fair, and I understand that. But honestly, what isn't fair is the fact that Jesus died for us in our place so that we could go to heaven. Because with our sins, we should be doomed to hell. But because of what Jesus did for us, we get access to a relationship with him on this earth and forever. We get access to our sins being forgiven so we can live with Jesus now and for all eternity. And if you've never given your life over to Jesus and you'd like to today, we say it's as simple as A, B, and C. It's as simple as that because Jesus made it clear He made a way because he wants to be in a relationship with us. He's created you as his masterpiece and he has good plans for you and he wants to partner with you on this planet. So ABC, A, it starts by saying we admit. We admit who we are and who he is, that we're sinners and he's perfect, that he is the Lord of the world and he's the savior, the rescuer from sin and death. We also be, we believe. We believe that he is the Lord, the master, the owner, the God of the universe and our savior. And we confess our sins and we confess our need for him as Lord and Savior. And we commit to living our life, not by ourselves, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, just as Joseph, just as Elijah, just as Peter got to walk with God and do the things that God planned for them, God wants the same for us as well. So right now we're going to pray. We're going to have an opportunity. If you've never trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'm going to pray as if I were you. And I encourage you to pray alongside me, but make the words your own, your own heart and your own mind. And if you already know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I encourage you to pray as well. But pray for all those who don't yet know him. Pray for those who right now are thinking about that decision to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let us pray. Dear God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for being in the room right now, for loving us and creating us. And I pray that you'll hear our prayers as we pray for you to enter into our lives. As we say, dear God, I believe you are the one true God and that your son Jesus died and rose again for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Bring me into a new relationship with you and create me a new spirit into a new person. And Holy Spirit, fill me and guide me every day. Pray this in Jesus' name. And dear God, for all of us, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us so much that it, the Holy Spirit overflows into our lives, to our relationships and our work and our activity so that everyone sees you through us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.